Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching toward what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us all who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have obtained. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, CSB translation. Howdy, and welcome back to My Bible Study Podcast. I'm Brian, and we're nearing the finish line of our concurrent study through the books of Ecclesiastes and Philippians. We only have a few weeks left. As a teaser to throw out there, after we finish this study, we'll be doing a couple of one-off theme episodes, as well as a few of the Psalms. They will be episodes that don't really span multiple episodes, and certainly nothing like this series, which is probably going to end at over 40 episodes. Today we're covering Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. The study on a whole is dealing with what we pursue and where we find our joy, all of which is wrapped around where our identity is found. Well, identity isn't just this one-time deal, like choosing a video game character. Justification is the moment that you place your faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The moment that you turn to Jesus and what he fully accomplished on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that moment, in that moment, you are saved. That event is a one-time thing. You don't start out 10% saved and then slowly grow to 100% saved. No, that's not how it works. It's a zero and then it's a one. However, from that moment on, we do grow. God grows us. The Holy Spirit works inside us to mold that saving faith into a life-shaping identity. An identity that molds our behaviors, that molds our worship, that molds our obedience, and that molds our attitudes to transform us more and more from within. This idea of focusing our identity in Jesus and striving toward growth, toward maturity, toward truth, and what lies ahead as a Jesus disciple. That is where this passage wants us to focus. Not on our past behaviors or accomplishments, but on what lies ahead as we heed our call as Christians. A call to be transformed more and more toward Christ-likeness and godliness. A call to grow our identity in Christ and to swell up our joy in Him. And also a call that desires God to reveal the areas in our hearts and our lives where we might be wandering, where we might not be walking the line. I pray that we hear this message clearly today. I know that I need to hear it, and I pray that God transforms us all through it. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect. Philippians chapter 3, the start of verse 12. So Paul started out the chapter with a call for us to set aside what we think of our accomplishments. 
He lists some of his own, a list that would have been considered a pretty good resume if he were applying for some religious leadership position at the time. But he says that he takes everything that he thought was gain before Jesus, and he actually counts him as trash or dung, like insert your poop emoji here. Paul declares that knowing Jesus, that being declared righteous by what Jesus has accomplished, is the only thing that is worth anything at all. He then says in verse 11 that his goal, that Paul's goal with this new life in Christ, that that goal is to know Jesus more and more and to know Jesus' resurrection power in a way that breathes new life into Paul. But he also wants to be clear, as we start to see here in verse 12, that this is not a one-time thing, growing and maturing in Christ. Paul knows that this is an identity transformation, and so he makes it clear that he knows that he hasn't made it there yet. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, he says, to underline that he ain't there yet. And none of us are there yet either. And in light of that, we should walk in humility and understanding with one another. But we should also yearn to get closer each and every day. Verse 12 ends, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So Paul gives us his reason. I want to make every effort to grow in Christ and mature in my faith and know Jesus more and more. Why? Because Jesus has taken hold of my heart. And I know, I know that Jesus is worth dropping everything else for. Jesus has taken hold of me and I want to take hold of him and the change that only God can make happen. Paul wants to own his faith. And I pray that that can be me that that can be us. To be a people that wants to own our faith in a way where we're willing to disown everything else. It's a powerful message that he's setting up here. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. So there's a couple things going on here. First is an admission again from Paul that he's not there yet. He wants to be there. He wants to take hold of it. But he hasn't fully yet. Then he mentions something that I think we should pause on. Paul says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. That forgetting what is behind part is interesting with Paul. So Paul has that very large and impressive Pharisee elite superstar type resume that he wants to forget and to let go of because it's rubbish next to who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished for Paul that resume that could cause pride or boasting that needs to be set down. But, in addition to that, Paul also has some baggage. I imagine as Paul, this Christian leader, is writing the words that he wants to forget what is behind him and to move on to what God has ahead of him, I imagine he's trying to let go of the fact that he zealously sought to arrest and murder Christians. The first time that we hear Paul's name, he's actually called Saul, and he's holding the coats of men who stone Stephen, who's a Christian, the first Christian martyr. Then he goes on to arrest, 
harass, punish, and advocate for the death of Christians. You see, before Paul's miraculous conversion to Christianity, he thought that Christians were blasphemers and that they deserved a blasphemer's death. I think Paul's trying to provide depth here, forgetting what is behind, both the things that might cause us pride and boasting in an attempt to elevate ourselves, but also the things that might consume us with guilt and fear and attempt to negatively depress ourselves. Paul says, forgetting all of that, I desire to move forward and to pursue what God through Jesus is calling me towards, and to pursue the prize that all Christians are promised. If we need motivation for running the race that's before us, for finishing well, it's the promise of eternal life with God that should motivate us. I just want to note that he's not saying that if he does X, Y, and Z, then he earns that reward. No, he's saying that our gracious God has promised that reward to all who place their faith in Jesus. The amazingly gracious gift of God, it just presses Paul to chase after it with zeal. It's the promise of resurrection to new creation, of eternal fellowship with our Savior. It's an awesome picture that's painted in the book of Revelation of what things will look like for Christians one day. Read Revelation chapters 19 through 21. Not only does our God win, but we get to share in the after party. This excites Paul, and it causes him to refocus and to bear down, to love God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, to want to grow more and more to look like Jesus, and to share the gospel with others. I pray that this thought would fuel our identity, and to increase our joy as we consider the promises of God. And all the promises of God find their yes in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have obtained. Philippians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. So the passage we're studying today ends with sort of a threefold call. Paul wants more mature and older Christians, not older by age, but by spiritual growth. He wants those Christians to think this way. But he also says that if you aren't there, or you don't want to build an identity that desires to know Jesus more or to pursue the prize with gusto, he says that God will reveal this to us also, that if we disagree, that God will open our eyes. I pray that God would open my eyes to these truths, to areas or times when I fail to think this way. And then Paul concludes that either way, in any case, he desires for his audience to live up to the level of truth that we have obtained. He doesn't expect us to be perfect, and he knows that he's not perfect. He's already said it. He does expect us to live up to whatever level of maturity and growth that we've achieved, though. He's calling other believers to do this as well. If God has grown you to the point where you can digest spiritual steak, don't revert back to baby food just because it might be easier to chew. The Greek for live up can have connotations along the lines of walking the line with. So Paul is saying walk in line with the level that you're at. Keep growing. Keep getting further along. It might not be perfectly linear, but don't backslide just because you lose focus on the prize. So I pray that God could keep us focused on the prize of his promise. 
that God would remind all of us that his promises are true and then spur us toward continued growth and that we forget our past and strive forward and reach to know King Jesus more and more, deeper and deeper each day. So thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the Christian Standard Bible, or CSB Bible Translation, copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers. I hope that the episode made some sense. Usually I sit down with some of my old notes and kind of use them as a guide, and today I sat down with that intention and just kind of went on my own without looking at any of my old notes. So hopefully it made sense. Next episode, we'll start the final chapter of Ecclesiastes. Yay! Until then, though, I love y'all.